don't make it matter. Got good things, got you. Hoops and everything. Get back, never get back too soon. Are you lonely? Are you there when I'm not in the room? Are you only only a part of this when you choose? Hello and welcome to the Point of Difference podcast. I am your host and coach of the Terrace Crew, Matt Ricks. Tonight is our second preseason, our second episode of the preseason, and we're talking premiums, the big guns, the top dogs. Players 630,000 and above are the topic of tonight's podcast. Choosing how many to start with, but more importantly, which ones to start with is the key to getting off to a flyer and not leaking cash to start the Supercoach season and set your team up for success. Joining me tonight on the quick backup is Coach of Tubes' Pods. Tubes, Tubes, welcome back to the Pod Pod. Yeah, cheers, Matt. Uh, I'm looking forward to tonight. I, I think it took me a bit across the line to a bit of bit of work to get this uh, this format across the line with you boys, but uh, I'm looking forward to chatting all things premium players. Uh, I think there's 60 of them in total. I don't think we're covering all of them tonight, but it'll be good to to go through some of the popular ones. Yeah, we we're just saying pre-pod. I, d- I don't really know how this is going to go, but we'll give it. We'll give it a try. It should be should be a bit of fun. <laughs> our, our well, we are the tonight, point of difference, so something is a little bit different. Our, our second guest tonight, uh, he's making his 2024 pod debut. It's backup host Jono. Jono, welcome to the pod pod. Matty, good to be here. Backup host, you put me in my place just to <laughs> just to really give yourself the dominant start. Well done. Uh, mate, good to be here. Uh, currently got the dogs versus the storm on mute in the background. Good to have the footy back in the preseason kicking off and an exciting, excited to talk about some supercoach with you guys. Just quickly, John, anything caught your eye from the, the first half of footy for the year? Matt, you know it has. I, how, how much have I gone on about Sam Hughes? I was, there was even chatter of me saying he might be my second front row forward to start the year and really cheap out in the position. So he looks exceptional. Bronson Cherry looking Jerry or Cherry? Cherry. Bronson, Bronson Cherry or Jerry. He looks good, strong. Uh, so And Drew, Dewey Boy Hutchison really straightening up the dog's attack as a potential cheapie in the centre wing. So a lot to look, lot to like. Pappy looks very, very quick but didn't goal kick, which is of interest, which we might talk about tonight as well. I, I'm not writing him off goal kicking just yet. Um, they might just be letting him letting him into it, see how we go. Nick Meany's obviously not playing either. So, yeah, I don't think Jonah Pezzett will be there come round one. So... Still some hope, but geez, he looks exciting. I saw his try just there before, and it really got me up and about for a bit of footy. Oh, can't deny the pace. Look very, very quick. All right, let's uh, let's get straight into it, boys. A quick show is a good show, as we like to say on the pod pod, even though we've never had a quick show. Um, <laughs> let's start. Let's start with hooker premiums, uh, Tubes. We'll start off with you, Harry Grant, seven hundred and fifty k. Everyone's favourite premium hooker. Uh, not much to be said here. It's really, are you going Harry or are you going cheap? I think, uh, you know, JMK's sitting around there. But what are, what are your thoughts of, of these premium hookers? I think, um, like going into the hooker, I think we part of part of talking through this is working out. Well, how many actual premiums can you can you get in your team? And I think we, regardless of how many cheapies there ends up being. You can obviously try to get a, a combo of cheapies and then mid-rangers and then you're, end up, you're going to end up with sort of somewhere between four to six guns, likely, uh, premium ones that we're talking about. And I I just can't see that it's worth paying up 
um, for the premium in the hooker this year. The, there's only one that you would go for, in my opinion, and it's Harry. Um, but the reason I'm not as convinced on Harry is I like a couple other Storm players, and they're and they're and they have the round four bite. I just don't like stuffing around at hooker. Like, I get the like the cheap options there, but for me, I, I don't mind JMK still. Like, uh, I think like we can rule a pen through Cookie, can't we? At six hundred sixty-three k, Jono. Yeah, I agree. With a chance that uh, that Peter Mamazelis comes off the bench as well. So yeah, I think even without it, I just think he's like I held him. I got him for at the end, like during that Origin period last year, and. I love Cookie, but it just it just feels like his days of being super coach relevant are behind him. Yeah, at least it being the top of the pile. Like he could be a second pot option, but then do you even want a second pot option in the hooking position? So you're probably right, Tubes. Harry Harry's averaging seventy four. Uh, sorry, he averaged seventy prices seventy two seventy two and a half. He averaged in the I think he averaged higher than that the year before, uh, maybe around the eighty mark. Seventy eight. Uh, is it? 78, yeah. Is there upside in, in Harry given he's now got the captaincy? Um, his minutes should probably go up a little bit. There's some chat though, Tubes, that there might be a, a, a bench hooker floating around, maybe a Wishart type. I think um, – I don't know if there's huge, huge upside in him. Like, I mean, I don't think the captaincy is going to add points to his super coach. Um Standing, I think he was already pretty much a leader in the team, and yep. his output is unbelievable. I just think you you get him him because you know what you're going to get. Like you're going to get you're going to get that average of between seventy five and eighty, uh, and you might get a fast start um, prior to him in the Origin period. Last year he did start really well in the first three rounds. I think he went ninety one seventy four hundred and five. Um, so I think. I think you're you're basically just setting and forgetting him uh, at least until the origin period um, starts if you're picking him up at the start of the year. The other thing is is that Harry's the only hooker who can kill you as well. So if you're going with that cheap strategy, say you're running with Brendan Hands and and Jaden, is it Jaden Braley's the Newcastle one? I always get him confused. Jaden at Newcastle. Yes. Yeah. Let's say you're running with those guys and someone else is running Grant. Grant comes out, scores a try, lays one on in the first week. There's a hundred for him. You run Brendan Hands, who gets thirty-five playing eighty minutes for Para. Like that—that's a fair gap. I think Grant is the only hooker who has that real upside to go massive, who can hurt you by not owning him. So that—that's another thing to consider as well. Is that? Yeah, you're right. I don't even think there's another hooker that can get over a hundred, like basically in the in no. the game. So, and whereas Harry's busted out like one forty plus four last year over a hundred. Harry. Yeah, Marshall King got a few tons last year, didn't he? He sure did not. No, not any. He had a couple <laughs> I, of nine. High score, score of 95. Uh, yeah, and that's his only one in the 90s. Then a couple of 89s. Yeah, okay. Um, really, he averaged 63 last year. Uh, and yep. can he go any better, like, as a player? I don't think so. Like, I know he got he had injuries, but. Yeah, he had injuries. He was he had he had quite bad he had quite bad injuries and he had two injury affected games. Other than that, his lowest minutes were seventy. Um, he had a load of trisis because they run plays through him. Like, and I think that'll stay the same again. Like they've got O'Sullivan and Isaiah Katoa, not the most creative um, halves near the line. Marshall King is really a strong creative outlet for them 
in the red zone. Uh, he had an AC joint injury, which is very difficult to keep playing through. You can play through it. Um, call me Mister. Call me the call me the physio. Um, <laughs> but um, it, there's no doubt that he can come back bigger and better this year. And yeah, he had some. He probably beefed out a little bit with attacking stats, but he's also going to play round 13, which we know is going to be pretty critical if you can hold him through to round 13. He's got the buy in round three. As long as you've got a plain second hooker, then I think you can manage it. I, I really like JMK to start the year, um, and I'm leaning to him over Harry um, at this point. I'm with you, Matt. If, if I do end up going a, a premium hooker, JMK will be my man. It's worth saying, though, I haven't started with Harry in three years, and I've been wrong every single one of those times over the last three years. So maybe it's just a stupid move. But I also think with what you were saying with JMK, he, he's the quickest hooker in the comp. Like he's, he's quicker than Cookie these days. And I really like the, the Finns forward pack as well. And I think if they can get those fast starts, he can really take off and cause a bit of trouble through the middle too. So I do agree with you, Matt, that I think he's got a bit of upside there. Uh, will I start with him? I'm not sure. But if I do go premium in that position, I'm leaning towards JMK over Grant and, and saving that money. When you say he's faster than Cookie, is that, are you talking about on the beach there? or oh, If it was on or... the beach, it's a no contest. No, no, on grass. <laughs> this is grass sprinting. Right. Okay. Okay. They play rugby league on grass, right? Yeah, they do. Which is yeah, which okay. is important to okay. know. <laughs> important. Important. All right. I think the summary there. I think the summary there for hooker is. Um, uh, I don't know, chips. I want. I just want. I just want your take on the on the like. Is it a place where you need a premium? And we all know that obviously Harry's the obvious one. But do do you need a premium here, or can you can you go without at hooker? I think. Exactly what Jono said before. Harry is the only premium hooker that that's not, scares you. what he you. said. Oh, which scares you. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let me finish my sentence. <laughs> there was a lot of pausing for dramatic effect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I was thinking about clipping that up, but not now. Um, so uh, the I think he's the only one that scares you. So... And, and I think when you're starting the year and you're thinking about your premiums that you want to get, you want to be getting the ones that, that you can't, you know, you, that scare you in terms of not owning. So, uh, yep. like, that's why JMK just doesn't, you know, doesn't do it for me, like, in terms of um, his upside and, and different things like that. But, so I, but I think it's, it's lower down the pecking order. I would say that Hooker is is probably one of the, the lowest spots um, of, of where you're looking to get a premium to start the year, at, at least for me at the moment, that and second row forward. Send him off! Send the dressing gates off! Get him off the field! That was diabolical! All right, let's let's move along to front row forward then. Uh, and again, another smallish pool, a pool of premiums here. We've got four players, Tino, Payne Haas, Adam Fanuel Blake, and Tarpany. Tarpany has nowhere near the buzz that he had last year coming off a, um, a year where he only averaged 67. Uh, you can't trust Ricky, can you, Jono, with, with, with J-Taps? Matt, last year we had a podcast where you, you were on it and we all agreed that we would discount, we would not consider Tarpany come round one for this year because of the way that Ricky likes to really <laughs> ease him in 
over the year with his minutes. Um, there is a mute button for those sneezes, Matt, but that's okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We're on, the, we're, on the new, we're, on the new, we're on the new thing and I couldn't find it. There it is. I got it. <laughs> that's the big, big button that says mute. Uh, are you done with your sneezing? Can we say bless you and move on? All good, all uh, good, mate. Okay. Um, so, look, we agreed last year that we just can't consider him for our month because it, it's now proven over a few years that Ricky really likes to start his minutes low and build him in over the course of the year. And last year, I think all of us went with Tarpany over Payne Haas to, to begin the year. And it didn't kill us. It's not like it cost us. There was never a 50, 60 point difference. I reckon in one it did. Game. I reckon it did kill us. I reckon it cost. Oh, he averaged 10 better, didn't he, over that first six or seven games? It's 120 points. It's not killing you over a stretch. Like, that's not the end of the world. I, like, obviously, it would have been the right move, but I'm saying it didn't kill us. Right. You're right. But well, anyway. Nothing in Supercoach Super killed me last year. Like, so <laughs> we're still, if that's we're our bearings for weather, we're, we're still here to talk about it. Sonny Luke but got you're right. close, but you're right. You nothing. are right. It didn't kill us. Didn't kill us. <laughs> uh, so, is there so is Tarpany a no, Jono, just again at that price this year? Or could, like, is there, a, is there an argument for him as a pod? No. No, okay. Not that I think is reasonable. Okay. Now, Tubes, it would be remiss of us not to give the podfather a shout-out here. He's, he's the front-row man. He's got a theory on front-rowers kicking him off, starting fast. He's going to go hard, I think, with Payne Haas and Fanua Blake. I can't really get around Fanua Blake personally. He's the, um, like... He's the fast starter. I reckon if we could get Tommy Sangster to run some stats, he could be the fastest starter on average over the last five years, consistently in the top sort of couple of thousand after the first three or four rounds. So he's worth listening to. And this year he's he's tipping up going into going heavy in the front row forward. But I'm very much against AFB for front rows. Like I can't see how... Mm he goes better or even potentially like how he matches what he did last year. Like it's pretty funny now when you think about it, like, you know, how the, the same like contract year contract year is now a year out from when your actual contract is, is up. So in theory, AFB's year last year was his contract year and he played unbelievable, but I, I can't imagine that he, I, I feel like he'll, he's more likely than not to re- regress back to the mean. Tubes, before we get too far into this front row forward chat, we I feel like we really glossed over the front row of fast start pod father theory. Can we just unpack that a little bit? What what is the theory of the fast start with the front rowers? Because I don't quite get it. I don't know. We'd have to get him onto it. Nah, he lo- I, I know. I know. He likes the locked in points. He likes locking in, getting off that fast start, no volatility. Give me that pain harsh meat and potatoes. Give me that 80 points. And has this worked for him in the past? Like you said, he gets to fast starts. Is this a new theory or does he do this every year? This is the first it's year he's It's unclear. It. Yeah, it's unclear. <laughs> he's, it, he's, there's definitely conversations that this is the theory he goes off every year, but I, I, don't, I hadn't heard it before. Um, so We're trying to te- – we're teasing it, it out a bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to unpack it a bit more. It felt too no, important no. to gloss over. No, it's, and to be fair, he's, his theory is as well is that it's a bit of a um, – a thing in Supercoach, right, that you don't stack your front row forward to start the year because the upside's not there and um, you can spend your money elsewhere to get those premiums in and going premium in the front row. Like basically the prevailing thinking is you can get someone in the front row to match the more premium front rowers 
and I think that's true to an extent. I don't think there's anyone who can go with Payne Haas. Like, he's coming into his prime, 750K. He's in my team, locked and loaded to start the year. He's also one who was injury, had a bad AC joint injury last year. I might have to call my team the AC joints. That's just, I'm, I'm coming off <laughs> everyone who had the AC joint last year. Cam Murray, I'm pretty sure, has had an AC. His, his shoulder looks like it's dislocated permanently. Um, but Haas, Haas is someone who no one I don't think can match. Obviously, a man will get onto a minute. Yeah. Um, he's he's he can. So I shouldn't say no one, but it's it's very hard to match these those big boys. And um, yeah, I think I think Payne Haas is a a, a value price at at uh, seventy. You know, whatever his price at seventy three. Seven fifty. So yeah, seven hundred fifty was seventy three point average. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm I'm keen on on big pain. I am interested in that, Matt, because I don't understand why you wouldn't just go Tino for 40000 more. Like, what's your thinking there? Because I, I think that we're talking about players who can kill you to start the year. Payne never went over 100 last year. He was so consistent between that 70 to 90 range, but didn't didn't go over 100. Tino went over 100, I think, three or four times without looking at it off the top of my head. So why are you so convinced on Payne being better than Tino when there's only a 40K difference? So Payne only had one try and I think one try assist. Um, I think he's definitely in for more than that. I think his output will be better. So in the first like six rounds last year, he went 79, 65, 92, 74, 95, 79. Very low volatility um, numbers. I, I think he's got I think he'll I think he'll get more attacking stats this year. No, not might not be a lot more, but it might be enough to average in him extra two or three points over the season. Tino did get a lot of attacking stats, and I'm not saying he's not going to do again. Um, I just think, I just think Des Hasler coming up. Obviously, Tino is going to have a huge role to play. Don't know exactly what that looks like. Don't know what the bench makeup is going to look like. He might see more that he can get more of out of him in that sort of 55 to 60 minute role. Yeah, that's a good point. The unknown with the coaching uh, situation is a good call. And just how they're going to run that rotation. Um, I'm not saying he won't, but he started last year with a 38 and 58 minutes pain, and then he, he came out with a ton in round two with a try. Um, oh, sorry, this is Tino I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Tino is obviously a weapon, and I just think there's a little bit more volatility with him than with uh, pain. I think when you're talking about tries and attacking upside, I think you're building yourself a case that doesn't make sense because over their career – Payne has he averages about one try every eleven games. This is over the course of his whole career. Tino averages one try every four games over his career. So when you're talking about Tino scoring tries and getting attacking stats, that's because that's what he does. Whereas I mean Payne, relative, not just last I mean, year. sorry, I mean relative to their own performance right. and how they okay. priced. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying Tino's is in his price. Tino's attacking upside is in his price, uh, mm-hmm. whereas I think Payne's is not. Okay. Yep. Good call. So no, obviously, I definitely agree with you. Tino is a much more likely attacking option, and to get those those attacking stats, but um, I think Payne will will do better on the attack side than he did in twenty twenty three. Tubes, you got any more to add? That's pretty thorough from Jono and I there. Oh, I was just I was just sitting back learning something, like just taking notes here on the on the phone while you guys were chatting. Um, <laughs> you can't. Go I, I, we, got this, I, we got this recorded, tubes. You, you're not. I can see what you're doing. It's not that. <laughs> I'm. Um, I I think, uh, as you say, 
I think often you can get suckered a bit into those non-premium options in the front row and, and the and the the front rowers like the Sam Hughes, not that you wouldn't start with them on the bench, but don't get me wrong, but those ones that you go, you talk yourself into, oh, hold on, if they get 40, 45, they can do a job for me and that is somewhere I can actually save money. Um, and that is that – is, and and it does work. Don't get me wrong, but I I think like Christian Welsh Welsh was a was an example last year, and he did do it. Welsh Welsh um, Welsh um, uh, he did do a job, uh, but there's just there really is no no upside, um, and so I think you got to go one gun in the front way forward, and it and it really does come down to picking, and I think it has to be. Haas or um, Tino to, to start the year. And, and I really do think it's a bit of a flip of a coin. We're trying to end up being being better. Who you got at the moment, Tubes? <laughs> uh, five minutes before the pod, I had Haas. And uh, three minutes before the pod, I have Tino in my team. Uh, Jono's talked me into him with the, some coaching poll that's come out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> under 20, under 23 what was it, Jono? Under twenty-three coaches poll as to who who you'd want in your your, your team if you're setting who, one up to start off with. Who you'd want to build a team around? Yeah, it was twenty-three and under, and as Matt pointed out, uh, Tino turns twenty-four tomorrow, which will be today as this pod comes out. So Tino just scrapes in, but he was the the coach's choice, and you found that very convincing, Tubes. I do because I genuinely think that w- why is it him over say fullbacks and and halves and different things like that, like. He's been around Origin now, Origin camps. He's the captain of the Titans at 23, mm-hmm. isn't he? Like that's – he must – he like there must be something about him, like the efforts that he puts in at training, the efforts that he puts in on the field. That, but that just gives me a bit more hope to say that the attacking upside that he has had, it hasn't been fluky. It hasn't just been from skill. It's something that he's going to keep, you know, potentially going on with. And if Hasler does like him – Maybe he does become an eighty-minute front rower um, with with that upside. I, I don't know. I'm just like it's, I, I I like him as a risk. Uh, sorry, little risk with potential high reward. And if you're wrong, it's pretty easy to downgrade. You can literally downgrade into anyone you want who's yeah. going well. So not that you want to be doing that with a front row forward after three weeks, but it's an option. Only thing with him is, and I'm trying not to consider it too much. Round two buy Titans have the buy. You'd want to have a pretty good third front row forward, but I have already considered that, and I'm looking at potentially starting with Jai Arrow in the second row, and that's the big thing about Tino is he's got the jewel as well, so you can then switch switch him around with Arrow in that round two, and you don't actually have to carry three front row forwards either um, as a, as an option. All right, shall we move on to second row forwards there, where there's there's a lot more lot more options. Talking fifteen. There are a few who are irrelevant here, so I might just uh, I might just say a few names um, that are relevant. We've obviously gone over Tino already, who's who's the second highest uh, second row option. Um, Jono, I'm just going to say a few names here and just tell me if any of them interest you. Uh, Britton Nakora, Jermaine Hopgood, Isaiah Yo, Hamale Olakawatu, and Paddy Carrigan. Any of those on the radar? Uh- Definitely not Yo. Uh, like he's again, he's as bad as meat and potatoes as it comes. Not a lot of attacking upside there. I mean, if you held him for the whole year last year, you would have done fine. But he's not. He's not scaring you. He's not killing you, to use a, a different phrase. 
Britton Nikita, what do you guys think as Sharks fans? Do you think he can sustain that? Because he was his base was great last year. Uh, he was so aggressive running the line, and he did have that upside. What do you, what do you guys think as Sharkies fans? Can't start with him. Can't no, possibly. Too risky. Too expensive for what you like. He had a great year. He's not going to be. I mean, he like he a little bit like the discussion I had on center wing on the pod the other night. Like one of these guys will come off, but they're all priced at their max. Um, yeah, I just I don't see how he could start with any of those guys I just mentioned. They're all they're all like they'll they'll be buyers at some point during the season. Don't get me wrong, but I just don't think those guys are going to to start the year. You need to have value picks, even in your premium players, in my opinion. Maybe not your top uh, fullbacks and halfbacks because they're your captain options, but none of these guys are ever going to be your captain. So paying seven hundred thousand plus for them just makes no sense, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't hate I, I'd rather too, Matt. Out of that group, you said you wouldn't start with any of them. Ola Kowatu is interesting. Like, I think he, he has, has the most attacking I, upside. Yeah, he does, but I think he's also got the most potential in that group to leak cash. Like, he could be five hundred thousand in no time. Could be, but he, he could be nine hundred too. Like, that can go is either it, way is, with, with tries. No way. Isn't there a bet stat? You, I'll can... bet you whatever you want that he never gets to nine hundred k this season. <laughs> I'm saying he's as as likely to. No, probably not as likely, but he he could. He's as likely to get to eight hundred as he's to five hundred. Put it that way. Sounds like sounds. Oh, he's he's just gone down to eight hundred. Give me drop, drop it, drop it, yeah, drop it. So down two hundred and up one hundred. You've basically (laughs) switched it to. Um, I I, and I think even with him, there's a stat uh, that he's he scores better without Turbo in the team um, as well. So Mm. uh, I I can't see that you'd be looking to start with him. Um, I agree. Matt, I can't see how you go on any 700K. Even like these second row forwards outside of Tina, who we talked about already, David Fafida, uh, and then I'm sure one more that hopefully we'll talk about in a bit. Like again, there's, there's not, they're not huge, huge upside players. Like they're not, I mean, other than Hopgood, maybe at the beginning of last year, where he just seemed like he was going to be attacking and base, but that, that sort of dropped away a little bit um, throughout the season. Yeah, uh, and like there are options at two RF, like just a little bit further down for a little bit cheaper. I'm I, I'm I'm not begrudging anyone to go premium. Um, like I said the other night, you can go. I think second row is where you fill up late once you've got your sort of your, your, the rest of your squad filled in. Guys like um, Ellie Katoa and Cameron Murray are guys who interest me at just that slightly lower price point. Ellie's got the upside um, playing in a Storm team. He's really got that role. He looked great last year. He had a few little injury hiccups. Um, I'm really keen on Ellie. Um, I'm also keen on Cam Murray, but I, I'll, I'll only be getting one of them at the absolute max. John, have you got any view on on Murray? What What's changed since last year? Because last year he wasn't that relevant. It was because it seemed like they were really being more careful with his minutes over the course of the year, trying to trying to work him in. Why do you think that's different this year? That's my thoughts. I don't, I don't see what's changed. I, I don't. I don't. I just again, I see that as upside in. It might change. If it doesn't change, then you get what you pay for. Mm. Um, he's and he yeah, at, his best, at his best. Last no, at, at his best, he's he's a better than six hundred forty k super coach player, priced yeah. at 60, 62.6 points. Um, yeah, I I just like you just I'd rather take a flyer on someone like him or or Ellie, who could make who could outperform their price versus a um one of those other guys who I, we spoke about who I I just. They could like they're all great players. Don't get me wrong. They they could do it. I just think 
for that slightly cheaper price coming off guys who uh, had a, had a few little blips on their on their page from last year. Uh, that's that's where my head's at. This is turning yeah, into possible. a bit of a this is turning into a bit of a me just me just ranting at you, Jono, about things. That's every honestly. You 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 started the you started the tempo here when you you know the the backup host and you've really just peppered them ever since. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I think um, I really like Katoa as well. Yeah. Um, he would be my number one premium second row forward. I think the combination he grew with Jerome Hughes last year just seemed to go strength to strength. He started the year as an 80-minute man, but he also was a big hands-on hips man at the beginning of the year. Clearly, it took him a while to get that Melbourne conditioning right into him, being the first preseason he had there. And it just felt like, even though he had some injury concerns at the back end of the year, it really just felt like his attacking upside was starting to really come through. Um, I think that if that keeps continuing, he's got really big potential. Like I'm not saying that he's as good a football player as say David Fafita, but he's got that attacking upside like a Fafita. And I think that the the other part of that upside is Pappy coming back because having a like someone as good as Pappy and as fast as Pappy at fullback sweeping around the back of him actually brings him into play even more as a hard line running back row compared to them not really worrying as much about Nick Meany at the back um, as they as the defenders are about Pappenhausen. So, I mean, you're making your own arguments for the narrative you like, but I, Katoa, Katoa is the only premium that I would go in the second row forward outside of Dave Fafita, who I will be getting once he's back and fully fit at some point, um, which it sounds like it's not going to be till round five. Chiefs, just a couple of thoughts on your early Katoa chat because I, I love Ellie and if I start with a second row forward, it'll be there. him and I'm almost talking myself into Homole Ola Kawatu just because I feel a bit burnt from our conversation before. But no, it'll, it'll likely be Ellie if I do start with someone. With him, the other thing, Chiefs, is I thought him and Jerome Hughes took a while to get their combination going early as well. And once that was going, Jerome Hughes was popping off a few beautiful short balls for him. With your Pappy thing, though, I actually think you were talking about Turbo and Homole before – Turbo attacking the left, Olakawatu being on the right. Eli Katoa's on the right. Pappy plays out the back of the left usually. So there's actually a chance that could have the opposite effect and he's going to his side less potentially. It's, we won't know till we see it, but I don't know if it will definitely have the positive effect that you're thinking, unless he moves to the left. Pappy doesn't go to the left. Pappy, Pappy plays everywhere. Like he's, he, just, he just pops up every, every which way. He's not a, he's not a left, left-hand sweep man. I, I, just saw him set up like, a try. I just saw him set up a try on the right half an hour ago. Oh, there you go. Mm. <laughs> he's definitely more of a left-side dominant player. Like, they all can play both, but he's someone who does prefer the left. I, I've i got no evidence to believe you, and I just don't. So, <laughs> I, so but excellent point. What about Andrew King? Put him in the second. Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game. The juggler, the juggler's come out at Let's move. Let's move along because I think that's enough enough time spent on the two RF. Let's get down to halfback now. There's only a few candidates here. Uh, I suppose this this really centres around the Cleary Hines debate, 
tubes and do you start with both? Uh, is there any is there anywhere else to start besides that? No, I think um, I think it's been said by everyone that you listen to any Supercoach podcast going around. I think Heinz is the definite start with for me uh, and Cleary, if you can afford him based on the way that you structure your team, um, is 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 obviously the the, the clear cut second option um, at halfback that that you'd look to get. Um, I think it just depends on what's the cheapies situation going to look like because it seems like there's going to be a few cheap halfback 5-8 options around um, and and what the structure of the team looks like. I'm currently planning on running both Cleary and Heinz. Jono, where do you stand on, on that? I don't have too much difference to say to Tubes. If I can fit both, I will. Uh, if I can only work with one in the end with the structure of my team, It'll be it'll be Nico. So I, I know that people have spoken about like the chances of Penrith maybe not caring about the start of the season as much. And we said the same thing last year after they lost that preseason World Club Challenge. But then after a couple of low scores to start the year, he went so he went fifty three forty seventy seven one twenty four one fifty eight. So he was it didn't take him long to to hit his full swing. So I don't really buy into the Panthers starting slow chat. It doesn't really interest me much. But if I can only have one, it'll be Nico. Yep, I concur with that. Um, they've both got buys round five, one in round five or one in round six. Um, at the moment, I've got Nico in my team and um, not Cleary. So same as you guys, Nico, the one for me, mainly because he's the best captaincy option out of the two in the first month. So I, whilst I agree, Jono, I mean, Cleary's bomb-proof, right, like in terms of opposition. Um, Panthers obviously could go a bit backwards, I suppose, or they could maintain. I don't know. Like it's, I I find it hard to punch holes in Cleary from a price perspective. I think he's well priced, nine hundred twelve k. Um, yeah, I, I just prefer I just Hines because he's got the captaincy and uh and and because they've got a better draw. So simple as that for me. If I can squeeze Cleary in, but only if it's that I don't like the other picks. I do feel like there's a drop-off from Cleary to your Moses or your Walkers or your your very cheap options uh, like your Hutchies who's come on the radar. I think I'll be sticking Hutchie at centre wing if he if he makes his way into my team though. Um, Tubes, Mitch Moses is pretty interesting. I think he's a nice price, 695K. Um, he's never been one of mine, and I've but I've had him a few times, but he's always been a very frustrating own. Um, but the price is right. It's funny, Mitch Moses, like I've never liked him. I feel like my opinion of him has changed just from the way his performance in Origin 3 last year. Don't know why, but like uh, uh, maybe it was with Origin 2 and Origin 3. It's certainly Origin 3, like as in I, I, I've, I've sort of come around a bit more to him, um, which from a super coach perspective – I think he the Eels have a really good run. He's clearly a goal kicking half, um, and he's he's a definite option if you're looking if you're looking to save 200k from say Cleary to to a Mitchell Moses. I'd much prefer him over uh, Jer- Jerome Hughes and Daly Cherry Evans um, in a similar price bracket. Yeah, there's. I don't think he can start with Daly. His price is inflated from those big games at the end they had at the end of the season. He's not going to be goal kicking like he was for a fair bit of last year. 
Uh, Jerome Hughes, I was surprised to see Jerome Hughes 722K. I knew he went okay last year, but that's a big old price for for Jerome. He had a, he's, he's, he had a big he's origin period. Yeah, okay. He had a big back-end origin period, like where he just had a re- few real big high scores, I think. And I think that's where you've got to target these guys is like just find their runs where you can bring them in during the year, but they're not really options to start. Adam Reynolds, same boat, might be an option at some point if he drops to 480K. Um, Sean yeah, Johnson, Jono. He last year. He did. Didn't he? Dan, Adam Reynolds. He did. Wacky Dan. Um, Jono, Sean Johnson, speaking of Jono's, um, nearly 800,000. Uh, bit of a career year, very surprisingly. I thought he was shot, but kudos to him. He did unbelievable. Um, I've seen a few teams floating about with him. He's 6.5% owned. Uh High risk, high reward, I guess. One of those ones where I genuinely hope he has another great year, but there's absolutely no way I could touch SJ at that price. He had one of his cleanest runs with injury ever, right up until the end of the year where he started to fall apart a bit. I don't trust him to have that good of a a run with injury again this year. I also don't trust that the Warriors are going to be as good as what they were again this year. I could easily see them falling, if not to the bottom eight, maybe even outside the top eight. So I just couldn't touch SJ, I think. At that price, give me someone like Sam Walker, 200K cheaper, who I think could easily match what SJ's going to bring to the table. For me, I I don't think we even need to spend too much time talking about these other halfbacks. I think it's either you go with Cleary and Hines or you go with Sam Walker if you have to go a little bit cheaper. And I know he's not premium, but he's he's close. And for me, that's the only way I could swing it this year. Don't disagree, but I think I'll have a look at Mitchie Moses as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just even looking at it now. Like 200k is a lot to save um, in, and that Eels run. I know they play Penrith in round two, but Dogs, Manly, West Tigers, Raiders, Cowboys, Dolphins for the first seven rounds. If you can save 200k, and if there was a chance Moses went close to matching Cleary over those first seven rounds, knowing Cleary has the buy in round five, I think you said before, Matt, as well. Round six. It's tempting. It's tempting, I think. Like that that's the I hadn't actually considered it. I'm 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 gonna put a bit of thought into it. I hate it. I have the problem the problem the problem with the problem you did this last year. You, no, got the, you got burned by him last year. He absolutely destroyed you. Why, why were I you never in this was, he, he, Me, I, I never I, went Mitch Moses. I brought him in around no, Matt. 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 He said Matt. <laughs> and he killed you. He the killed you. Problem, the biggest problem with Mitch Moses is we call him Mitchy Boy Moses. Anyone who we put boy in the middle of their name, <laughs> they're no good. <laughs> Mitchy Boy Moses. <laughs> it's the boy rule. You can't touch him. You can't touch Jackie Boy White. And so, and hold on, like Jono. Uh, Jackie Boy. Like when when you say he killed Matt, Matt brought him in, I think from memory at round 10, and he, he got injured and got 17, and then he missed a week. But then he <laughs> yeah, came back right. in round 12. Yeah, it's all coming back to me now. Round 13, he got 95. Round 15, 89. And round 17, 118. If, if that's killing you, then sign me up. Like... Yeah, but that's not considering that it took two trades to get him in and out and Cleary matched more than matched him for points over the same period. But that's yeah. getting, that's getting into an argument from last year. I just think Mitchie, 
when he goes on those kind of runs, it's awesome. But he can also go on runs where he can go sub 43 weeks in a row and you're tearing your hair out. And I just wouldn't want to risk that to the start of the year. Yeah, every single year for the last right. three years, his his price range has been two hundred and fifty plus. All right, let's move on to this. is This is a bit like this is a bit of a change in the guard. I've never <laughs> me and you were getting on like a house on fire here, tubes. Um, let's go to five. Last eight, week you three, did too as well. You, I know, I know. It's it's all it's it's the, the third the chair. You gang up on the third chair. Well. You two <laughs> can't wait to get Chris on here and give it to him too. Um, Cody Cody Walker, 5'8", 705K. I think we can all put the pen through him. He's got a calf injury uh, and just a few doubts there. Uh, the other two boys, Dylan Brown, 780,000, and Cameron Munster, 720,000. Um, I'm going to throw to Jono Tubes for Dylan Brown because I know you want to spend a lot of time talking about Cam Munster. Um, Dylan Brown has taken Munster's mantle as the dominant 5'8". Uh, in Supercoach at least, at the very least. Why do you think that is, Jono? Why do you think the the masses are flocking to him? He's 19.4% owned versus Munster's 7.1, despite costing an extra $60,000. Now, uh, I like Brownie. I like Dillbags, but I'm, I don't know. I'm I'm starting to, to think that if it had to be one of them, sorry, I should say the only thing there, Munster has got the Storm and the Storm have that early buy and there's a few Storm options, so that's a, probably the part of it. But, yeah, talk me through Dylan Brown. I am someone who's in the Dylan Brown camp. I agree with you, Matt. I don't think the ownership, there should be that much disparity between the two. It should be closer than what it is. I would slightly lean Dylan Brown because he's only 23 and I think every single year he's become a better footy player. Like, I know last year he was interrupted with some off-field stuff, but when he came back, he just looked tremendous. He's such a good player. So I expect that he'll get better again this year. He's also very fail-proof, Dillbags. Like, he he doesn't have it. He gets through so much work both defensively. He loves to run that he's he's pretty fail-proof. Uh, he doesn't have a bad score in him, whereas Munster can have those lows weeks where he just kind of floats in and out and doesn't look completely interested and he's not going to get through the base. The other thing that I like uh, is the combo – of Dylan Brown pairing him up with Sean Lane. And again, I know this is the premiums pod and we, we're not talking about Sean Lane, but I think Sean Lane's someone who's going to be in a lot of people's teams. And I really like the idea of pairing those two together on my left edge for my super coach team. So that, that's why I slightly have deal bags in front of Munster. But I do like your point that there shouldn't be that much disparity. Yeah, good point. Munster had uh, – let's, let's have a quick count. One, two, three, four, five. Five five scores under forty five last year. Uh, I don't think I don't think Dillbags had any. Um, trying to trying to find this live, but um, what's his, I think what's point, his high scores like, Matt? Dillbags. No Munster. So why you why you have your stats open? Did he ever go absolutely massive last year? Uh, I've just got Dillbags up. Dillbags had four tons. Um, and no score. His lowest score, he had he had 32 round one against Melbourne, but then his next lowest score was 47. So um, very, very consistent. He's got that huge floor. Um, yeah, Munster, Munster had some higher scores. So he had 124 and 114, two tons. He had a few scores in the 90s and 80s as well. Um, but, yeah, just had those had those few 30s sprinkled in um, and, and a 28 in round 25, which was um, – against the Dragons, uh, which I think a few people captained him for. So that was a shocker. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Real I'll, I'll throw to you on this one. Real... Huh? 
Ah, uh, Windy Wollongong. The Windy City. I, I, I like Munster. The only thing that's holding me back from Munster is I can't go Pappenhausen, Eli Katoa, and Munster, and certainly not Harry. Like Storm round four by the max two players in the premium price range that I want to have from there is two. Um, however, if I was just doing a complete head-to-head comparison of Munster versus uh, Dylan Brown, my arguments for Munster is, one, I think he certainly can match and if not beat Dylan Brown at a cheaper price and a lower ownership. So I like him from a pod point of view. He averaged 81 in 2022 and then dropped back down to 71 in 2023. He got injured to start the year uh, last year and he missed two games against the Bulldogs and the Titans at the very beginning of the year. So his games that he missed last year, he missed four games, Bulldogs, Titans, West Tigers and Manly. So you got to factor that into his averages where he's missed what three of the worst four te- three three of the worst teams in the competition uh, last year, and his lowest scores outside of Windy Wollongong predominantly came after Origin, where he was forced to back up because Melbourne weren't going as well as what they had in previous years. So he was backing up to to try and obviously win more games at the back end of the year. All of that. Can, into consideration, I think he's he's a very good one to start with and could easily outperform his average from last year to kick off the year. With the caveat, I can that see from your face, Matt, I've won your heart and mind there. Storm players. Yeah. It was compelling, yeah. compelling and rich. Um, excellent. I'm with you. I think, like, just cherry, like for life. Cherry picked stats. <laughs> oh. Cherry picked. So Cheers mentions he's 81 in 2022. This is going to come across now as me being anti-Munster, which I'm not. I actually think he's a really good purchase. <laughs> but you mentioned he's averaged 81 in 22. That was an outlier. He went 70, 74, 71 the three years around that. So let's not act like that's his norm that last year was a dip. 2022 was above and last year went back to where he normally is. And we're mentioning his low scores. Like there's the yarn about Munster that he performs better against the good teams and not as good against the low teams anyway. So I don't know how much that's a factor, him missing those four bottom teams. A little bit cherry-picked. That's a, that's just a narrative, though, I, um, which 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 is what you're bringing tonight, McGrath. Narrative. No, not much. I feel, not like, much I feel like we, we need... I feel like we need a segment this year on the pod of like narrative of the week and who can come up with the best, who's got the best narrative that's prevailing in Supercoach. The Munster scores well against the good Munster teams. one's it's, definitely up there. That's just a cliche though these days. It's anyway. Um, all right, good debate that one. Can I Let's just move on can to I just say Matt before you move on? Yeah. Sorry, can I say one thing? Speaking of narratives, I was trying to push a narrative that Pappy left edge dominant. Just saw the highlight of that right edge try set up, Matt. How good was how good was the the left to right cutout ball for the winger on the right edge? That narrative might need to go to bed. Danny Ramirez looked big and strong, didn't he? He'll he'll come into contention, no doubt, at some mm. point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move on to centre wing. Jesus Christ, didn't think I'd be talking about Danny Ramirez. Um, all right, now there are a lot of players at six hundred and thirty k plus here. Seventeen, in fact. 
we won't go through all of them. Uh, now, Jono, I've got to start with with your boy, uh, Big Bad Brian. Is he your boy or Chris's boy? Chris's boy, maybe. Uh, we failed boy. to give we failed to give him a shout out on the pod the other night, despite his big base. Uh, he's seven hundred twenty k. He's got the pedigree. He's got uh, a new center partner inside him, yet to be disclosed whether that'll be Taylor May or Isaac Tungo. Um, do you see any upside in Brian Toto's price to start the year? I don't know if I see upside, but I see him as a really good safe pick to start the year. I don't think I could try and talk anyone out of going big, bad Brian. So, no, I think if that's where people want to go and that's where they want to spend their premium, I think it's a pretty good way to do it. The only thing I would say as a slight negative is with Taylor May coming back, Crichton wasn't a big worker. Uh, he, he did the least work of their back five. You get yep. Taylor May back in who loves work. So you literally now you've got Dylan Edwards who runs 200 metres a game, yep. Toto who runs 200 metres a game, Taruva who was running 150 plus last year. Now you bring back in Taylor May who was running for 180 a year. There's only so many metres that every player can run. So is there a chance that maybe there's a slight dipping of all their run metres? Yeah, there's a I, chance. I think they're just going to run for heaps more metres than everyone else. How good is that back five for getting yeah. that <laughs> Their metres just go up. But there's only so many hit-ups to have. Like, yeah. I don't know, you, you could be right, but how many how many hit-ups are there? Honestly, that, that back, like compare that to South's back five, Jono. It's just not in the same ballpark. I don't want to. <laughs> Especially, I don't want to. Tane Mill. Tube, no, I can't. Tubes, I'm, I'm, tubes, I'm going to rattle off some names again, similar to second row forward, who I think you cannot possibly start with in this price range, and I want you to give me a um, uh, a thumbs up or thumbs down um, to 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 That's tell me if I'm right or wrong. Format tubes. Yeah, I was, th- I was thinking that as I said it. I'm come on. Oh god. Anyway, uh, Brian Kelly, Sammy Valamai. Uh, Isaac Tungo, Nick Meany, Zach Lomax, Dallin Wateni Zalesniak, and Stephen Crichton. Any of those? Nah, I don't think. I don't think you. I think Santa Wing. We were talking about it earlier. Where do you, where do you spend your money on premiums? I think Santa Wing is the least valuable place to spend your money on premium players to start the year. I know it's a again, it's another narrative yep. that defenses are tighter. Um, there's less blowout games at the beginning of the year. I think the only way that you're going a premium player to start the year is if they're a goal kicker um, and they've got a bit of and they've got a bit of base. None of those meet the criteria except Crichton and Lomax. Um, if Crichton was kicking, doesn't look like he is based on tonight's Burton and Sexton kicking. Um, so then play. it just Crichton didn't play. Okay, so but I mean, yeah. So if Crichton's a chance of goal kicking um, and potentially playing fullback at the Dogs, but otherwise no chance. Uh, and Lomax plays for the Dragons, who are going to not win any games or win what two games all year. So I, I couldn't go him. John, from an ownership perspective, uh, the top center wings are Asako Garrick. Young and Holmes in the premium bracket. Obviously, I'm talking here. Any of those four, um, we spoke about, Tube spoke about the, on the pod the other night that Holmes is kind of the only one out of those sort of lot. There's The other three, could you entertain? Uh, Dom Young, no, I'm surprised he's there. I, is that just a, do you think that's just a hype thing moving to the Roosters? People think 
somehow he can go even better. Like I don't see how he could have a better year super coach wise than what he had last year. So that that that's a no. Um, yeah. who, who was there was another name that jumped out there, Matt? You said Val was it, Asar- sorry, Asako? Asako and Asako and Garrick. Okay, Garrick was the other one you mentioned that I was just going to say a quick no to because there's a lot of chat that he'll play in the centres. I think if he's on the left wing outside Tommy Turbo, he's definitely a good option. Uh, but just goal kicking, scoring tries, he's got pretty solid base. But if he's playing centres, absolutely not. Asako is one that I don't, I just I don't trust after one good year. We, we've had a lot of inconsistency out of Asako for the previous years of his career leading up to last year, and I just don't know if I trust him to be as good again. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he scored the most tries in the comp and was the top point scorer for the year. But I would avoid just because I want to see him prove it first and maybe get him later in the year. He also gets Herbie inside him, who's not a noted passer, has been said. Uh, but uh, I, he he had Branko Lee was when he was when he was performing his best last year, and he did he did get some noted downturn when he had um, a center inside him. I can't remember who it was, but he did have a set. Oh, like Valence Defare for a little <laughs> while, and there was someone else as well. But they, he just didn't get that good ball like he did when he was with Branko. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't really entertain Osaka. If he wasn't good enough for me at 375K to start the year, he's not good enough for me at 783 this year. <laughs> Tubes, um, Greg Marju, uh, 6% owned, pretty popular, had an amazing breakout year, obviously playing outside Kalen Ponga. I think there'll be a few super coaches who will be looking to partner those two up again to start the year. Yeah, I mean, he's... He's definitely one that I think you're going to want to finish the year with. Um, but it, his base is really quite high. Uh, he's got huge tackle breaks and he should be in for plenty of tries if he stays healthy on that left-hand edge of the Knights. But I just think, similar to the conversation I had about Ponga the other night, the Knights... Um, had an unbelievable run last year at the back end of the year, winning, what was it, nine in a row. And I can't see how Marju um, goes better or even really matches how he sort of finished the year. So what is he, 780K is just too much to be paying at the beginning of the year when you're likely going to be able to pick him up cheaper at some point during the during the season. Yeah, actually, I like I like Marju a lot. Just like like you said, I think you want to get on to finish the year I don't hate the idea of starting with him. It's more than I want to pay in centre wing, but he's just so consistent. He scored a lot of tries last year and probably not in for quite as many, but if anyone is, then it could be him. So, yeah, it's an interesting one, probably just more than I'm willing to pay at this stage. Um, let's move on to fullback now to, to finish the show. Probably the premium blue riband position uh, in Supercoach for these premium types. We have 12 coaches available at fullback, uh, 12 players available at fullback at that premium price range. I'll leave Nick Meany out. Um, why don't we start from popular tubes? We harped on about him the other night, but a quick a quick word from, um, from maybe from Jono on Kalen Ponga. Um, 30, 32.5% owned currently, 890K, 892K. I think you guys uh, did a wonderful job last week. I actually, I'm not going to go against you to this time. I agreed with what you guys were saying last week about KP. I think he's someone we'll all, all like to own at some stage during the year. 
I don't know if the Knights can sustain what they did for that final 10 rounds of the year over an extended period of time. I think they'll have a few losses and a few more shaky games in between. There's still a bit of the concussion history. I definitely wouldn't fault anyone who just wanted to have a real crack and start with him. I think it's it's a it's a gutsy move to put your cap in that spot, and I can't fault it, but it's not for me. I thought you guys summed it up beautifully last week. Jubes, a couple of other premiums um, worth mentioning, which are like relatively highly owned but aren't on my radar. Uh, Reese Walsh, uh, 813K. Dylan Edwards, 705K. And uh, Supercoach legend James Tedesco, 707K. Um, I owned Edwards for a bit last year. It was a bit of fun, a bit of frustrating. But, yeah, any what are your thoughts on those three specifically? Do you say Edwards is highly owned? Uh, he's well, 3.3%. Jeez. Well, if anyone out there in the is part of that 3.3%, like... He's higher on than Tedesco. Get, get him out of your team or or um, think about handing in your your, your super coach license for, for, next, for this year. I just think, like, how could you go Dylan Edwards to... I, given the plethora of fullback options that are available to to start the year, um, I don't think Edwards is worth it. Uh, I can see people trying to take a flyer on Tedesco to sort of get back to uh, his best or his previous best. I I just think that the 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 game last year was so good on speed for those fullbacks. Those were, that were super fast fullbacks that could get to the outside. They were the ones creating most of the either tries or try assists. And I just think yep. Tedesco's lost a bit of a step. Um, he's still going to be good. He's going to have tackle breaks. He's going to have good uh, base plus power stats for a fullback. But um, given he doesn't have the goal kick in, I just can't see the year starting with him over a Tommy Turbo, Scott Drinkwater, um, etc. And and Reese Reese Walsh. Oh, I love Reese. Um, I I'd say he's my fourth pick. Um, at at the fullback um spot, but again, just because he doesn't have that um, uh, the the goal kicking duties, I think you're just going to struggle to to pay up for 800k plus for him. But I mean, like I do I do like it. I do like him. Um, I think I think he's a definite option uh, if you're willing to take that as a bit of a flyer. Jono, I just can't get around Reese Walsh as a comparison to Drinky or to Turbo. I think they're both better options in a similar price bracket. One guy who's a little bit cheaper um, is your man from South, Latrell Mitchell, 789K. Uh, I love owning Latrell when I have owned him in the past. He's Great to watch when he's on, so strong. So much of that game goes through him. A little bit of a doubt on Cody. I don't know. Build your own narrative there. Is that good or bad? Um, have you considered the trail to start the year? Uh, yes. Uh, more than considered. He is a player. You guys gave your locks last week. The players will definitely start with. Latrell is a lock for me. Uh, I'll definitely be starting with Trell. Uh, may I get into a bit of narrative to talk about Trell? Go for, go for your life, mate. Fantastic. Uh, look, no, I just think that with Trell, he, he finished last year horribly. He didn't look completely fit. He didn't look motivated and he didn't finish the year well at all. It was really disappointing. I captained him, I think, three weeks in a row. 
He never went well over that stretch. I think he'll be a little bit burnt. It's the first time he's had a full off season since he's been at Souths. He's got his best mate, Jackie Boy White, in there. And I think that's going to actually be good for his morale and his effort going into games. Uh, and I think he's going to have a, a big start to the year. And I'm pretty comfortable owning Trell. I get that I have a level of bias as a Rabbitohs fan. But I think what he did at the end of 2022 when he was fit and firing and he went on a run of 100-plus scores over a stretch of time, I think he's capable of doing that if, if, if it falls his way again to start this year. And I think he could easily match the more expensive fullbacks, if not if not best them. Compelling, Jono. I, um, I, I still prefer Turbo, I think. But uh, yeah, we we spoke we spoke a bit about Drinky and Turbo Tubes the other night, so I don't know how much we need to go into them now. Um, but I'm just going to say they're both in my team currently, and I love them both, and I, I think they're in for huge years. Turbo Drinky stays and fit. Turbo, yeah, and no, no Pappy. Pappy. Not currently. Um, I I'm kind of taking a bit of a view that I'll I can have a if I can fill the rest of my team out if I need to some cash I might go. Turbo to to Pappy, but if Turbo if 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 I see it from Pappy and he's goal kicking and uh, he looks the goods, it's a pretty easy downgrade from one of those two who might start leaking this some cash to Paps in round three or round five post buy. Um, yeah, I'm. I just I think those two are the best two picks at fullback for me, uh, including Ponga. I think they're the, I think they I think those two have the highest amount of expected points in the first. Um, Six weeks. Do you remember last year, like the the memory of um, just for that that stretch of games, how injured Turbo looked, like when he was having those back problems. Couldn't run. And Couldn't run. Like, and you just sort of watching him going, "What's going on here?" And and then you look. I look back at his scores, and like he did have a few against that. I think that Penrith game, he got twenty six, and that was when he looked like completely gone and out of it. Um, and a game against the Tigers, but. He only played 11 games last year, um, of which there was a stretch where he just seemed completely gone. And he's had four tons or over 100 scores, including 165 against Canberra and a 97. So round that up, call it. He's had five tons in 11 games (laughs) and, and, Basically, felt like for half of the 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 other half of the remainder, he he couldn't run properly. So, like, there's I do think that Turbo is a little bit like a little bit more slept on, like uh, for how good he actually is. But he, but I mean, in all cases, you're just trying to put aside any injury risk or what you're worried about from that Mm. side of things. He's played forty four percent of games in the last four years for Manly. Yeah. So this like this. There's no doubt it's hard, but the the reward is there. So I'm I've just got to ride that train while I know he's going to be playing. Um, that game, that blue, I forgot about that game. So that game was a blue bet. Dan captained him against <laughs> Penrith at blue bet. <laughs> he was injured, and Dan captained him, and he was on he was he was on eleven. No, sorry, he was on nine, and he scored a try right at the end off a kick yeah. to get to twenty six. He's I'm pretty sure I captained with... him as well. Um, that was the same game so... that Dylan Edwards scored five tries, I think, and Dylan Edwards went yeah, crazy that game. Yeah, but 26 with the try for Turbo. Like he, I think he was just basically standing out on the wing. He couldn't move. Um, he played the next week somehow, got 58, 57 against the Storm. Um, 
but that was re- that was that was definitely that period where he was really flat out even running. So yeah, um, yeah, excited excited for Turbo Jono. I think fullback's just a really exciting position generally because all these guns you can make a really good case for. You can spin your narrative, you can spin your stats, you can make an awesome case for all of them, and that that's going to be separating a lot of teams. It's the position that probably yeah. I think most a lot will own Pappy. I think he'll end up being the most popular one if he looks like he's kicking and looks fit just because of the price tag. Yeah. But I, I, a lot of people might skip him, and I just think this is where there's not going to be that cookie-cutter approach. This is where there's going to be massive differential to start the year, and I think that's really exciting. Agreed, John. If Pappy's not kicking, if Pappy's not kicking, mm. he's hard to have yeah, hard. over the likes of Turbo, etc. As well, even even at the couple of hundred k that you save, it just he he, yeah. he doesn't feel like he's up in that premium premium range. Then, and what especially with Penrith round one, yeah, Tubes, we've spoken yeah. about with uh, with Pappy about if that far longo ends up getting a bench spot. That could also hurt him because they might actually take him off the field if they're killing a team like the Dragons with 20 minutes to go. They might take Pappy off and give Farlongo some experience. So you might not even get him in those big games if that's the way their bench bench goes. So yeah, it's certainly worth watching. Pappy just left my team. Turbo in. <laughs> wow. Um, see, see, see if he kicks. Tubes. Anyone else they like worth touching on? These are all no's from me. Gutho. Uh, Chance, uh, obviously Garrick. We touched on it at wing, and then and then Meany's obviously a complete no go, particularly at fullback. What about uh, Will Kennedy uh, from the Sharks? He's a no is he, is he, is he in He's six sixty k. Like he's no, he's he's uh, he's a obvious no go um, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Can't have can't go near Gutho or Chance. Can't, not nah. not not eight hundred k. Yeah, geez. I mean. I'd respect someone going Gutherson as a real pod move. Like, they do have a nice run, the Eels. Uh, he did get the kicking a bit last year with Mitch Moses out for a bit. I just I just mean I just respect the podness of it, but there's no way I would ever start with Gutho. Gutho always sneaks up on you every year that he's, like, one of the highest averaging players, but um, he's hard. he's hard to get a hold of for me. Uh, all right, that'll see us out for premiums, I think. Boys, it's uh, been an interesting pod, new platform, doing all right, I think. Uh, We'll be back for another preseason pod in the coming days and weeks, so looking forward to a bit of that. It's good to have the footy back. Jono, uh, looking forward to chatting to you later in the pod. Hopefully hopefully you'll be back doing some hosting soon, uh, controlling the narrative. We'll just uh, we'll see how your team starts. I know if you get off to a slow start, I'll get plenty of early work, so we'll see how your your team kicks off its year. Thanks for uh, thanks for organising again, Tubes, and good contributions. You've started the year very strong. I think you're underpriced to start the year. I told you last pod I'm favourite to win to take out the pod <laughs> pod to take out the pod pod uh, this year, uh, and I'm and I'm putting in the work and 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 it's going to come off. Um, but also just good to to see another quick pod go above the fifty minute mark. Um, right, so yeah. it was a <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Enjoy your week. Give it a cheers.